Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Much like a box of chocolate, ghost hunters around the world come in a wide variety, each with their own protocols, worlds, beliefs, and opinions. This is the story of the bluegrass ghost chasers. Now Paratruth presents the bluegrass ghost chasers. What's up, folks? Welcome to a brand new episode of Truth Radio. My name is Eric. <laughs> I got him! <laughs> and I'm Justin. And this is a brand new episode coming straight to you guys. Once again, we are back just talking about ghosts. Yeah. We love talking about ghosts. Whoop, whoop. Good whoop, stuff. Whoop. Yeah, it's a 90s thing. Don't, don't judge. Anyway... Man, what a week. How's your week been, man? I know we, we do this every every week. We always ask how our week is. Most of yeah. you probably don't care. But you know what? We care. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of drag it along. I've been trying to shorten it up a little bit for you guys. Uh, pretty good. Uh, got some new ideas for stories, and uh, our good friend Heidi provided me with some contests for 2017 to start looking mm-hmm. into so I can start planning out how to get my writing career going here. So looking forward to that. Um, I do have to make a correction from last week. I said to everybody that uh, BJ is a guy or one of our guests. It's actually a woman. My mistake. The person we got, we got to talk to at Scarefest was a guy. So I believe it was Russell Moody that we talked to. So I wanted to correct that before we get started because I I completely apologize to BJ. I didn't even realize who I was talking to. Um, so I apologize for that. And shame on me for not looking up the website before I decided to start talking to them. So. Well, uh, that's all right. So how has uh, your week been? Oh, it's been good. It's, it's busy. Very, very, very busy this week. Which is surprising because when I looked into the the planner for this week, I thought it wasn't going to be busy at all. And then I actually looked into some of the details of my plan and I realized, no, I'm busier than I have been the rest of the, <laughs> the month. So, yeah, that's just going well. It was a nice surprise. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, let's move on. So we do have a show ahead of us here for you guys. Um, we are bringing on the Bluegrass Ghost Chasers. Uh, it, we're not going to have the entire team. We're going to have the majority of the team, BJ Hodges, Russell Moody, Kathy Hall, and Laura Ann Mooney Torres are all going to be joining us in just a few moments here. Uh, <clears throat> for those of you who heard the beginning 
description, as we always do the small little descriptions at the beginning of the show, uh, there are ghost hunters around the world. And, yeah, we do have a lot of ghost hunters uh, and investigators come on the show with us. And sometimes people might think, oh, another investigation group. But it's important to know that we all have different views, opinions, ideas, protocols, beliefs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that drive our particular investigations. And what's interesting about bringing on a number of different investigators and not just talk about ourselves, even though we love talking about ourselves, uh, <laughs> it allows us to expand our view and understanding of the rest of the world and how exactly people are going on to determine or try to determine whether or not there's life after death. Now, for those of you who typically tune in, know that there is life after death based on what the Bible tells us. But it doesn't mean that humans aren't uh, curious and like to explore. Uh, so there's there's a reason we like doing the radio show. Yep. I mean, I think that I think the difference is, you know, we're we're I from my standpoint from a biblical worldview would say yes, there's life after death because as we die after we die, uh, those who know the Lord are accepted into heaven and those who don't know the Lord are cast into hell. That's life after death. They're going to be living life in heaven or in hell. However, that doesn't strictly tell uh, or explain a view, from my opinion, or my point of view, as to whether or not ghosts walk the earth. Because often we get evidence in which it would seem a human spirit makes contact with us. So, you know, that's kind of one thing that, that I think we want to keep in mind, whether or not, I know not everyone believes that there are human spirits. Uh, you know, I'm one that doesn't. I but was going to say you're again, included in that, in that majority. I'm included. But yeah. that doesn't mean I'm wrong. Uh, or right, I mean, it doesn't mean that I'm right. Right. So, but that's that's all the point of all, all you on can go by is is by the, what the Bible is telling us, and I mean, who who are you to question that the Bible is wrong? But it is one of those things that I mean, and we we learned this back in uh, when we were doing Bible studies to question the Bible because you have to be able to interpret it properly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you, you definitely have to question the Bible. It's important because even when, when you look at what Paul writes in the New Testament, he says, I think it's in Corinthians, uh, he's talking to the Corinthians and he tells them to test everything that he's saying, to see whether or not what he's saying is true by reading the scriptures. And the scriptures will then align with what Paul was saying. Uh, and I am by no means going to say that there's nothing in the Bible that's wrong, because I think it's 100% absolute truth. Everything that's said in there is exactly as it says. Uh, but there are some small, fine details that aren't highlighted or specifically discussed in the Bible. Uh, we do notice that there are times in which human spirits are brought up uh, in the scripture, especially the Old Testament, and even some of the uh, disciples uh, in the New Testament, in, in the Gospels, look at Jesus walking on the water and Peter thinks it's a ghost. And so we question, what exactly is a ghost? You know, what's the definition of that? And so on and so forth. Right. Um, you know, so, and there's a ton of definitions and different views and things on that. But one thing that's important to know, because Justin brought it up in, in regards to uh, being able, in, we have to question the Bible so that we can better do the research and better interpret it. Mm. One thing that's important to know, because a lot of people will disagree with me on this too, uh, 
there is actually only one interpretation of the Bible. There's so many people who have a number of different views for the same passage, and it really means this, or it means that, or this, or that. No, there's actually only one particular interpretation for everything in the scripture. It's not just open to interpretation, as I've heard many people say. But we'll get into that on another day, because we do have guests waiting for us on the other (laughs) line. So... But uh, that's something I want you guys to think about and maybe do a little research into. What exactly, or how exactly do you know what the right interpretation is compared to the wrong interpretation? Right. So, but without further ado, uh, as I said, we do have the bluegrass uh, goat chasers with us. So let's go to the phones and welcome BJ Hodges, Russell Moody, Kathy Hall, Laura Ann Mooney Torres, the team of bluegrass ghost chasers. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. So before we go ahead and jump right into uh, the the team, uh, I want to take a moment to step back and get to better know each of you individually. So, BJ, let's begin with you. What exactly sparked your interest in the paranormal? Well, um, I'm sure you probably get this with a lot of people. I grew up in a haunted house, a very active haunted house, and uh, it's... Always spark. I mean, it's been it's always been a part of my life as far as I can remember, and um, it's just always fascinated me. Okay, Russell, what about you? Uh, well, I've always um, sort of haunted houses, but it's more like on the Halloween side of haunted houses. I'm a big Halloween fan. And, me too, um, by the way. <laughs> uh, it's, it's my favorite holiday. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> and it just. Uh, it just grew into wanting to learn more about the paranormal. Uh, I would have to say that in the group, I'm probably one of the more skeptical ones. Okay. Um, just because I haven't had that, you know, that one, I guess, true experience that most people are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's what I'm looking for. You know, I want to, to have that experience to, uh, just for my own personal reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually we hear that a lot. I think uh, when we have investigators on, uh, people who are just skeptical and interested to see whether or not there really is something out there uh, lurking in the shadows, if you will. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, Lauren, what about you? Um, I'm new to the team. I'm new to everything, basically. Um, I did have an experience when I was younger, and it sparked my interest in the paranormal. And I'm kind of along the same lines as Russell in that. I haven't really had my first true experience, and I'm out there just looking into, um, you know, what is out there? What is this that's unexplained? Learning the history of things. I'm I'm all about uh, learning about um, things and, and uh, getting that first experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So now that we've got everybody introduced, uh, I was looking at your guys' website, and you guys have been a lot of – places uh bj i wanted to ask you this in in all of your time um doing paranormal research uh what has been your most favorite area or location i guess is the better word to do the investigation at well actually i can't just pick one in particular um i've enjoyed going to ohio state reformatory a place that we would like to go to because we're from Cleveland, Ohio, actually. <laughs> we will keep you in mind because we have an up, uh, upcoming um, investigation up there. It'll be for next year. Uh, oh, we sweet. haven't set a date yet. 
we'll keep you in mind because we're always looking for extra bodies. Okay. Well, sounds good. <laughs> uh, uh, now, Waverly, I used to help with the tours and the overnight security down there, so that's kind of a, a favorite place for me, too. Okay. Uh, and there's a new place. Um, I don't know if y'all heard about it, but Raw's Opera House. It's in Cynthiana. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've heard of that one. Now, it's, I mean, to look at it, you'll think, ah, it's a little hole in the wall place, but the history, um, and we have gotten, you know, a little bit of evidence up there, and it's just, I mean, it's just a great place to go. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's, actually, that's where we're going to be doing, uh, we're we're part of the national uh, ghost hunting experience that they're doing, that they're podcasting, and uh, we're going to be a part of that this year. Oh, neat. So, uh, and we're going to be uh, uh, going from up there. Okay. Now, when it comes to uh, your group, I mean, I noticed that you do you have different services. You, you have individuals and families and businesses, but you also seem to go off and do your own thing and just hang out at abandoned places, you know, and do investigations. So. Is there one that you tend to focus on more, like helping families and stuff, or yes. is okay? Yeah, we, um, you know, there's a lot of people. You know, they've got a lot of um, I, I call them notches in the bed pole, um, and you know, uh, I, I watch my language. A crap and giggle place, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> um, now, you know, that that's all good and fine, but I'm here mainly for. You know, the average everyday person that's come to me, look, I think I've got something in my house or mm-hmm. uh, I've, something's happening to my child. And if they mention they've got a child, well, I drop everything and go. It's automatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, the, you know, for just, you know, people that come up to that, I think I've got something in my house. Uh, can you come look at it? Try to give them a peace of mind and either find their problem. Because when we go in, we go look for the normal before we look for the paranormal. Um, and before I opened up to having a group, it used to be uh, myself and Tim Wise. It was just the two of us. And we would go out and do these investigations. And we would also take a toolbox with us. Because a lot of the things that they would think that was paranormal could be fixed. And we would fix it for them as long as it wasn't like electrical or stuff like that. And mm-hmm. we would say, look, you need to you know, get a hold of an electrician or you need to get a hold of somebody to get that uh, squirrel out of your attic because you're hearing that thing run around and and, it, and it's babies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm here, you know, for the I'm here for the actual public. You know, if they need us, then we're there. But you know, the other stuff is nice. It's kind of a like I said, a, a crap and giggle. You know, give you a break, get you you know, get out and you know, try out new equipment, see how it's going to work, and you know, stuff yeah. like that. Right. right. All right, now, folks. But like I was saying, like I was saying, you know, I've had a case. Uh, I had it down in Barstown. I can't, I cannot mention any names because all my cases are confidential. All right, absolutely. Now that was a, a, a case where actually we came up against, and I, I would want to say because of the way it reacted, that it was somewhat on the demonic side. But it was attacking a two-year-old child. I've never seen bite marks. On, I mean, it wasn't human, wasn't an animal. And the first thing when we went into, I, you know, I kind of thought, well, you know, this is a child abuse case. Right. And I got to looking at the child's torso, and I noticed the bite marks, and I made everybody down there. I said, roll your sleeve up and, and put your uh, bite impression on your arm. I want to see it. And they done it, and none of it matched. Like I said, it wasn't human. 
and it wasn't an animal. So, but that's, that was a, uh, successful case, uh, and, uh, and all, I had, a, I actually had a happy ending on that one. <laughs> Good. <laughs> all right, folks, uh, we are going to go to our first break here. You're listening to Paratruth Radio right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. We are talking to the Bluegrass Ghost Chasers. We will be right back after Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Did you know that drinking coffee was once punishable by death? According to NPR.org, coffee drinkers of the 17th century Turkey had to drink coffee in secret due to a law that punished such an act by death. Sultan Murad IV, a ruler of the Ottoman Empire, hated coffee so much that he would sometimes dress himself up as a commoner and stalk the streets of Istanbul with a hundred-pound broadsword. Anyone that he found drinking the black elixir would suddenly be decapitated for their crime. All right, folks. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we've been talking to the Bluegrass Ghost Chasers. I wanted to welcome Kathy Hall to the show. Uh, She was just able to get on just now. So, Kathy, welcome to Paratruth Radio. Thank you. And uh, since everybody else got to tell their story a little bit, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into the, the paranormal community? Well, I've always been a believer of it. Um, believer slash terrified, want to know more. And I've been actively investigating for about 10 years now. Okay. And have been with Bluegrass Ghost Chasers four years, BJ? Five. Okay, five. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, well, one question that I, I actually probably should have started out with is, BJ, what made you decide to start the, the Bluegrass Ghost Chasers? Well, like I said, at the beginning, it was just me and it was a childhood uh, best friend, Tim Wise. And, um, and, you know, we went out and we done our thing. I started it, actually, and about two years after that, I'd gotten a hold of him and said, look, this is what I'm doing. You want to come along? Actually, I told him, no, you're going to come along. <laughs> and so <laughs> we just started uh, going around and helping people. And then I had other people say, you know, oh, I, I would be interested. Would you be you know, interested in letting me in your group? And I thought, well, I don't have a group. And I thought, well, maybe it's time to open up and start letting, you know, others join in oh, that are sure. like-minded. And, uh, and so that's, that's where that, that stood at. And that I started opening up to the public around 2005. Okay. So. Russell and Laura, this is kind of for both of you, but you guys both kind of come into this whole a little skeptical, right? So. Right. Yeah. When, so, so based on this last story that BJ told us about this young boy uh, and the demonic entity, where exactly is your stance on the whole demonic entity thing? I mean, are you like, ah, this can't really be, you can't be serious, you know, this is just ridiculous, or is it like, you, you kind of are open-minded enough to be like, okay, this is definitely possible, or the evidence supports it, or wh- where do you guys stand with those kind of investigations? Um, you want to go first, Russell? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Um, okay. I, I I don't not believe in a darker entities. Um, I definitely think it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with me, I think almost anything is possible. Um, and I have so many close friends and uh, people that have had these types of experiences and, and I trust them. So I don't, um, that makes me want to believe more than not to believe if that makes sense. Um, okay. I, I definitely think it's possible. Okay. And what about you, Laura? I'm along the same lines as Russell that I do believe it's definitely possible. Um, I believe there are a lot of things out there again that, um, uh, you know, that, that are yet to be explored. And I have an open mind, you know, to those possibilities. And like Russell also, I've had several friends that have um, had experiences that, you know, could be labeled as such. And so, yes, definitely, I do believe it's possible. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, well, since Kathy is first, you know, joining us for the first time in the show, Kathy, one thing that uh, I always look for in paranormal teams is like Eric was saying, you know, how, how you deal with certain situations. Do you put it on hold for family or uh, put everything on hold so you can do family investigations or do uh, just anything other than uh, residential homes? Now, in your personal opinion, because uh, we got BJ's opinion on it, uh, does does it always come first where it's a residential, or do you think that uh, it's kind of equal both ways? If there's a child involved, I will drop everything and, okay. and go give my all to that um, because no child should feel unsafe in their own home. And even if it's just a matter of us going in and explaining that it's squirrels in the attic or, you know, it's a loose board. I mean, we've had that happen. Yes, we have. Um, You know, but it's something that we can prove that, you know, you're safe, everything's okay. Um, There's one case that we were involved with. A little boy was autistic, and he knew something was there. The family finally listened. We went in. We chased whatever it was out. I mean, you could physically feel the energy going from room to room to room. And from that night on, that little boy slept in his room, whereas before he would not sleep in his room and the dogs would not go above the first floor. Interesting. So when there's a child involved, I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother now. Um, yeah, if there's a baby involved, I'm, I'm gathering up my purse and, and, you know, trying to go out the door while I'm still on the phone getting initial information. Okay. All right. Well, and the reason I ask that is because I want to see if everybody is on the same page uh, because there are teams that everybody has a different agenda and then, you know, that's when things start pulling and the team doesn't work together very well. So it's very interesting that everybody has that same perspective on, on your guys' team, which is awesome. Yeah, I'm, ki- I'm kind of a stickler when it comes to that. We go, uh, and, you know, and a lot of people say that uh, I kind of go to the extremes with it because we go through uh, a process as if you are applying for a job. Mm-hmm. You are on probation for six months, and there's a very strict set of guidelines you have to go by while you're on this probation because if you don't, 
you don't cut it, uh, after six months, I'll cut you. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds kind of harsh, but I'm here to help people. I'm not here to, you know, I, I got to have people that I can depend on and rely on. Right. We even have members go through background checks because, you know, we are going into private homes. Yep. And we want to know that we trust our team members. Yep. A lot of people think that's extreme, but I don't. Right. Justin and I can respect uh, your view on doing background checks and uh, how in-depth you go into bringing on uh, new members of your team. Back when we had the Night Stalkers Paranormal uh, Society, we used to do the, the same thing. We'd have people fill out applications and uh, write in what drugs they were on, if they were on any medications whatsoever, different yep. systems, because depending on the belief system, you know, it can affect uh, uh, things, et cetera, et cetera. So we went through the same process. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's actually pretty cool to hear that you guys have done it too because there's a lot of people out there, investigators, who will just bring on anybody and everybody. And then they end up losing their credentials because people start faking evidence, et cetera, et cetera. So, yep. <clears throat> yeah, in this um, field, your in this field, your reputation is everything. Right. Yep. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up because it, it just kind of caught my attention, uh, Kathy, and anyone can answer. But you had mentioned that in the one investigation, you guys kind of chased this entity from room to room until you chased it out. How yep. exactly did you go about chasing it out? Was it more of just asking questions and it fleeing, or do you guys tend to get into some of the more, uh, what's the word, like smudging and et cetera, et cetera, you know, things that? Yes, to all of the above. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but in this instance, uh, we prayed. <laughs> we prayed. We're an eclectic group, and we, we, took the homeowners inside and said, look, you know, we're going to pack up our stuff and leave. We don't live here, but you have got to reclaim your space. And they went from room to room saying the Lord's Prayer and, you know, telling whatever it was that it needed to get out. And we stood in the background and we were praying and chanting and, and doing what we do. And it was incredible. It, it was when we got to the bottom of the stairs and threw open the front door. The dogs chased whatever it was out. Yep, that's and true. I I was just standing there with my chin on the ground because I've never had animals interact that much. You know, mm-hmm. they're usually just kind of like cowering in the background or a cat. You know, mm-hmm. like, hey, how you doing? Leave me alone. I'm a cat. <laughs> um, but the dogs did. They we threw open the front door. The dogs barking and chasing it out. Um, so it's, we try to approach everything differently depending on the situation, depending on the client. Um, we try to, I guess, mold our approach to whatever they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we tell everybody, um, we are an eclectic group when it comes as far as background beliefs. And if they're not comfortable with that, then we'll try to find them something else they're more comfortable with. Um, but we're, you know, we're all about the family, helping anybody that we can. All right. Well, I think it's it's pretty awesome that uh, you guys, I mean, got to the point with this particular case where you actually just started praying to get it out because from Eric's perspective that that is how you get rid of these things from people's homes Um, and it's 
actually something I think we started doing towards the end uh, because we did have a case actually where we uh, were, were dealing with residents and it had a child and it was all you know it was based all around this child this child was seeing this entity that was like I don't know what was it like a bad cartoon or something Eric that he was basing it on yeah, something like that. Um, so it, Some kind of Muppet type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. We never picked anything up. You know, we never caught any high EMF, anything like that. Uh, it could have been that the, the child was just, his imagination was going wild. Um, but it was pretty consistent that he was having these problems quite often. So um one question that I had for um, any of you guys uh, can chime in on this. Why do you think that in a lot of cases where it involves children, it's it's surrounded, the activity is surrounded around that the child, not just the entire family or the entire house? Well, a child has a very innocent mind. A child has not been programmed that there is no thing, no such thing as. Uh, once you get a certain age, um, we're all programmed. Oh, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. Mm-hmm. So the mind is no longer innocent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know that they're being seen by this child. For that that one thing, the child has not been programmed that there is no such thing. So the child does mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, I mean, that's just, that's my personal opinion of that. You know, which everything in the paranormal has got to be your own personal opinion because nothing's been wrote in stone yet. Right, <laughs> right. So, right. what about but, the uh, the rest of you guys? Um, I, I agree with with BJ, and I, I think you can also carry that over to animals as well. Okay. Yep. Um, just uh, you know how they seem to be looking at something that's not, you know, there to your own eye. They see it because mm-hmm. they don't know any better that they're not supposed to see it. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it is with with little children. They, you know, they don't know any better. Okay. Yeah, I would have to, I, I think the same thing. The children are just, you know, they're as honest as the day is long. And if they say they're seeing this, they are. Exactly, because I mean, their minds are completely open, you know. And as we get older, those influences or that programming, as BJ was saying, start enter it starts entering our mind, and I think our mind becomes, you know, more closed off to that. So, as a child, of course, as I was saying, your your mind is just open to anything. So, and I right. think both Eric and I can agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the, the one thing I want to bring up or ask, because there are a number of different groups who do it differently, and that is the preliminary investigation. Can you describe a little bit about what your preliminary investigation is and how you go about conducting it? Yeah, well, we uh, we have a lengthy questionnaire. Uh, we also have uh, in the group, we have a uh, social worker and uh, a psychologist. Okay. And a lot of people... Uh, she'll, she can go in and say, you know, well, I think this person is, you know, just experienced something from watching this movie and their mind has gotten a little run away with them a little bit. Or they, she can say, you know, this, this person has issues. Mm-hmm. Um, now, back before that, 
we had this person. I mean, there's there had been an instance that would have been very dangerous if we actually had showed up. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, unfortunately, the police thought it was a joke. And, uh, I mean, he had threatened he was going to kill somebody, and he was wanting us to come to his house and do an investigation. And uh, I had kept him on the phone while Kathy had... Uh, called the police and i was on the phone when the police showed up and i heard them say uh we thought we heard you had a ghost Uh." so yeah yeah and and, there was a child in the home yeah and 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 that's what terrified me yeah but uh as far as um i mean there there is a lengthy questionnaire um you know the basic stuff uh how long you've been in the house how old is the house has anyone died in the house? Anyone died in your life uh, recently? You know, just, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty much the same questions. I mean, we we try to go for the the basic. Okay. And uh, we go, yeah, you know, like I said, go from there, and it, you know, and like I said, we take many notes, go around getting um, a little bit of you know, taking pictures, trying to do quick EVPs, and then we bring it back to the group. We all go over it, and then we will. Uh, agree if it's you know if it's something that we need to go and do full blast or just send uh four or five people to go in uh mm-hmm. you know do an investigation and, and put the homeowners or renters uh mind at ease but that's okay. about, yeah all right all right so one question that was popping in my head because i i know you guys are uh, bj you had said that uh you have a a application process six month uh um period where where it's kind of like a uh trial yeah um the the people that you have on your team right now does everybody get along you know do you guys work together well yes as a we team? do yes we do, we do. yeah yes definitely um, and like i said you know i bring new people in and I have to see how they, you know, and that's one of the big things, how they interact with the others. And, you know, I don't, I want everybody to feel like family. I don't want mm-hmm. anybody to feel like, oh, well, you know, I'm just here. How you doing? You know, yeah. it's got to be that family vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are, and because when you do this, you are, you work close together. You're going to talk to each other a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want that, that family unity vibe to be there. Okay. Right. Well, now, is, is there anyone we're currently talking with that's currently on the probation period? Yes. Laura. Me. <laughs> Laura. Laura, does I don't know. I think you I have all? a month or two. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> they, I love these guys. These guys are wonderful. And it's so, as, as they were saying, we're such an eclectic group. We're all different. And to get along as well as we do, it's, it's just, I love it. And when she says that, and we have... Uh, Wiccan, Christian, um, we have a pagan. Sister, yes, pagan. We have a uh, a sister in the group. <laughs> Do and you have to see her. Bless her heart. I love her to death. She's about what? She goes almost about seven feet tall. Seven <laughs> feet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, we're just a, we're a melting pot. And the lovely thing about it is, each one of us knows that what the other believes in, and we're okay with that. Okay. We don't pass judgment because we're family and we're okay with that. That's cool. Uh, I know it can be difficult at times, you know, uh, to have a melting pot like that. There, there are many different 
views and views and belief systems, especially when when it comes to uh, those with the Christian faith compared to pretty much anybody else. Let's face it, yeah. um, you know it can be difficult. And I myself am a born again Christian uh, since two thousand and nine. Congratulations! Um, thank you. And so it, it's definitely. I, I'll be honest. Like when I was first saved, it was tough for me to fully understand how to connect uh, with people from pagan, Wiccan background, uh, and Buddhism, and it's. You know, all the number of other faiths. I had a radio show uh, on my own once where I was talking to all of them. Uh, it is a Christian show. And I which, think that's what helped you. <laughs> I think that's what helped me. <laughs> but it, it took time for me to fully understand a lot of prayer, reading my scriptures, to realize uh, what it is and what it means to be a follower of Christ and to be open to an understanding of everybody's view and world view. Uh, and so it's, it definitely is a blessing to be able to be in the position you guys are and not be judgmental um, and really just see each other as people uh, as opposed to just your faith alone or, or your beliefs or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so it's good. I commend you guys for that. Uh, well, like I said, you know, we just, we respect each, you know, everybody and I was, you know, I know, I mean, there's so many people out around that don't believe, you know, as long as you believe in something, that's all it that matters. Um, and that's just the way I feel. I mean, I'd hate to be walking around not believing in anything. I mean, on the spiritual side, and that would be just seem kind of lonely, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but then folks. again, that's my opinion. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to take our second and last break of the evening. We are currently speaking with the Bluegrass Ghost Chasers. We will be right back after Justin's Paranormal Headlines. And now, Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. How's it going, Parafans? Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines, and these headlines are from unexplainedmysteries.com. Police helicopter films UFO on thermal camera. Thermal footage of a strange object flying over the Bristol Channel in the UK has been uploaded online. Recorded on Saturday by a police helicopter flying over the channel around 9.30pm, the object was reportedly invisible to the naked eye and could only be seen through an infrared camera. Circular in shape, the object appeared to be flying against the wind despite possessing no apparent means of propulsion and local air traffic control reported that it hadn't picked anything up. South Wales police were in fact so perplexed by the sighting that they posted the video on Twitter to ask the general public for suggestions as to what it might have been. It's difficult to judge the size, but we filmed it for just over seven minutes, they wrote. SpaceX plans to send humans to Mars by 2022. Elon Musk has outlined his extraordinary ambitious plans to make mankind an interplanetary species. Speaking at the International Astronautical Congress in Guadalajara, Mexico this week, the SpaceX CEO suggested that a manned mission to Mars could happen within as little as six years. What I really want to try to achieve here is to make Mars seem possible, like it's something we can achieve in our lifetimes, he told the audience. To this end, Musk outlined the design and development of a new multi-stage launch and transport system with a massive reusable rocket booster that could be as long as two Boeing 747 aircrafts. 
capable of carrying up to 100 people, this gargantuan booster could be refueled in orbit and may eventually even be able to travel beyond Mars to other worlds such as Jupiter and Saturn. Musk also suggested that the first ship should be named Heart of Gold as a tribute to Douglas Adams' science fiction novel The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. While questions still remain about the cost and technological feasibility of sending humans to Mars so soon, the plans have been generally well received elsewhere in the scientific community. NASA applauds all those who want to take the next giant leap and advance the journeys to Mars, NASA said in a statement. We are very pleased that the global community is working to meet the challenge of a sustainable human presence on Mars. This journey will require the best and the brightest minds from government and industry, and the fact that Mars is a major topic of discussion is very encouraging. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. This is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we are currently speaking with Bluegrass Ghost Chasers. Unfortunately, we are up to the end of the show here. And so what I would like to do is just give you guys a moment to tell people where they can find you, uh, websites, et cetera, and, of course, anything else you'd like to share. So feel free. The floor is yours. Okay. Well, to look for us, you can uh, go to uh, bluegrassghostchasers.net or .com, um, and there is a section on there if you need to contact us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, um, and there's a... Uh, contact us now uh, button on there just click on that and uh, I have several administrators on there somebody will get right back in touch with you and we'd also like to let everybody know in case you don't know that um, October the 1st has been deemed National Ghost Hunting Day Ooh. on that day starting at 10 p.m. and lasting until midnight there will be set over 70 teams um, in the United States Ireland Australia and, and I believe Colombia that are going to be participating in a an investigation all at the same time. 
Um, the first hour will be an EVP session. The second hour will be more like a spirit box session. Um, and these teams, um, they're all, they do have participants that are also going to be going on these hunts, not just people leading them, not just our teams, but, um, the co- people from the community that are paying to go on the hunts. And all of this money that is being raised is being raised mainly to, for, um, animal shelters across the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are doing it for a charity. Um, and some of the other places do have other, um, other charities that they're trying to help as well. We in particular on our invest- our investigation site, we're going to uh, help the actual place where we're investigating for renovations and such. But uh, just stay tuned. You can um, go to Facebook or online. Just look for Largest Ghost Hunt or National Ghost Hunting Day and find any information that you need, including a map that will tell you about any sites and locations uh, that you may want to join. Somebody let the dogs out. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. That's in here. Sorry. Well, that's awesome that it's actually going towards causes as well. That, uh, yes. The, is it just people that pay to, to do the investigations and that's what you guys donate or? Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, we charge a minimum. I think I, they can, they can give what they would like, but the minimum is $10. So it's $10 a person. And like for our, our hunt ourselves, we've got 15 spaces, and um, so they will pay pay ten dollars. If they want to donate more towards the charity, they can. That's not a problem. But um, they're doing this um, to promote, you know, para awareness of para unity, um, you know, just awareness of what's going on and that type of thing, and also to help the the charity. So it's going to be a huge event. If you know, it's going to be exciting. Oh, it sounds like awesome. it. So, um, all right, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, you guys taking time out of your day to talk to us. And uh, you guys have yourself a good night. You too. You too. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to gonna go ahead and tell you, everybody come to Scarefest this weekend. Yes. <laughs> I wish we could be there, but uh, this year it just did not work out. Last year we were there, and it was it was awesome. Uh, so I, I will definitely have to get in touch with you guys and ask how it went because I, I really wanted to go, but it just it did not work out that way. Okay. Well, that sounds good. All right, Definitely. guys. Have a good night. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 All right, folks. That was BJ Hodges, Russell Moody, Laura Ann Mooney Torres, and Kathy Hall. From the Bluegrass Ghost Chasers. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. It was enlightening. Yeah. It, they're actually a, a very nice set of people. Yeah. I'm sorry, folks. That sounded kind of sarcastic, didn't it? Like, when I, <laughs> the way I said that. <laughs> like, I, I thought about it. Like, Wait, the way I said that came off wrong. Uh, Eric, be sarcastic. Uh, be sarcastic? Never. No, I did not mean it to come off that way. I'm sorry, guys. No, it really was cool. It, it was nice to see uh, or meet a group or a team that kind of is similar to the way you and I had done them uh, in regards to uh, the application system and the probation thing and yeah. uh, the, the preliminary investigation, which... I know you and I never really did the preliminary before going, unless it was over the phone. Right. But there have been times where we had to do the preliminary the same day that we were doing the investigation based on scheduled things and just the, uh, uh, not, I don't want to say emergency, but just, just the way things worked out. 
Well, like the case that I was talking about where it was the child involved, we had actually taken that case for another team because they're like, you know, we're kind of booked up. Would you be able to do this? Here's what's going on. So they kind of gave us the rundown as as a preliminary sort of a thing. So that's kind of where it worked out there. Uh, I think most of our location stuff, we had either teamed up with other teams or they had been like, Look, we're really busy. We we know you guys are a very respectable group. We want to give it to you. Um, so we kind of got the rundown there. I think the one that we actually did a preliminary before going in was the bar, and then we did mm-hmm. the, the the exit yeah. investigation where we told them what we found. Right. So it's yeah. It was awesome that uh, <clears throat> that a lot of paranormal teams that are going into residences, if there's a child involved especially, are dropping everything and be like, okay, you know what, whatever investigations we had planned, we need to get to this one because there's a child involved. And I think right. that's really respectable. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, there were, there were things that, you know, that we totally agreed with that we have already mentioned. There are some things, obviously, that I didn't fully agree with, you know, <laughs> that, that was mentioned. You know that. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's interesting that a group with such a wide and such a large melting pot, I should say, from mm-hmm. so many different backgrounds uh, and in particular religions and faiths, you know, is really interesting, especially from a Christian standpoint. Um, right. You know, I mean, it's it's great that they get along and that they work with each other, you know, it's awesome. Right. Not something I would do. That's just, you know, from my personal belief and understanding and opinions, etc. But it's interesting because I know, like, when I talk to certain individuals, you can see that there's not much of a connection. There, there, and many like pagans and Wiccans that I've spoken to in the past, you know, are very much uh, against Christianity. And of course, there's a number of different types of Christianity. You know, a lot of people use Christianity as just boom, it's one thing. But there's a, plenty of denominations, many of which are just false denominations. They, they don't really believe in the true God uh, of the scriptures. They think they, but they don't, uh, based on how they act and how they talk and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, something like that, actually, just one of those Christians happened to pop up uh, and say something to a friend of ours the other day. Uh, for those of you who know, uh no one remember Jerry, who, who was part of our network at one point. Right. You know, so it, it's it's tough to see when people who are supposed to be brothers and sisters in Christ come forth and cut you down for a show that you're doing, or cutting down a sister for something she no longer practices, but telling her she's going to burn in hell for it. And it's like these Christians don't read the context; they don't take the time to listen to the show or to read the uh, the headline or the synopsis. They just are quick to cut the throat and. Boom. Um, so it's really quite sad. But the one thing that's interesting, and of course, folks, you know, I gotta, I gotta bring this up. I can't let it go. I feel the Holy Spirit telling me. But uh, BJ had mentioned that. It, it, I think it was BJ that mentioned that it's important to believe in something. As long as you believe in something, um, you, you really can't go wrong. You know, and that's not her exact words. But you know, it's important to believe in something. Otherwise, what's the point? Uh, and I, under, I understand where she's coming from. And she said she had mentioned it's, it's her opinion, which is great. I love that she's because it is indeed an opinion. Um, and that allows other options, like other opinions. You know, and she's not just saying, oh, 
you know, this is the only way, as long as you're doing something, blah. But, <clears throat> with that said, I do want to bring up something. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verses 8 to 12. And this is Peter uh, and John before the Sanhedrin. And it's interesting. It says, And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. That last part, verse 12, is very interesting to me and very important because when you look through the other texts throughout the world's religions, you never find another name under heaven which tells us we must be saved by. Mohammed isn't one. Kali isn't one. Allah isn't one. These are not names by which to be saved. These are simply gods of some sort that push out ways to live. And many of these ways can be deadly, you know, and fatal to, to, to other individuals. Uh, for example, those of the Muslim faith. And I'm not saying that all Muslims are bad by any means. Uh, but there are, when you read the Quran, it's a very destructive book. It's a book that is very violent. Uh, and I know a lot of you would say, oh, well, the Holy Bible is too, if you read the Old Testament. Well, it's all about context. You have to understand the context. Um, but the God of the Bible has always been the same from the beginning to the end, from the Old Testament to the end of the New Testament, Genesis to Revelation. And it is strictly a fact that there is no other name under heaven other than Jesus Christ by which we can be saved. There is no other way to heaven. You can believe anything you want to believe beside Jesus but when you die, that's the end. There is no heaven. And it, I hate, it's hard for me to say because it it's kind of harsh and I feel bad saying it because I, I kind of, part of me almost wishes that it was as easy as everyone wants it to be where you can believe anything and everything and you're good to go. But unfortunately, it's just not the case. Uh, the Apostle Paul also says uh, in the New Testament, I believe also here in Acts, he says, uh, Someone asks him how he can be saved, how they can be saved, and he says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's straightforward. Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. But I just wanted to mention that because it is, it, even though we have opinions and we have like the stickers nowadays, we see that they coexist. It's tough to fully coexist because that means you're accepting anything and everything. And that's a problem because those things are what led many of God's people astray and ultimately to their doom. Uh, so God definitely wants us to be close to him, remain close to him, read the word consistently, uh, pray to him, and uh, rely on his will and uh, his strength. And, if, you know, he'll lead you the way that... Uh, the way that he desires to lead you, and it's always going to be for your good. So uh, Jesus Christ is the only way. But um, I'm rambling on now, so I'm going to let it go. I just wanted to bring that up. Well, uh, I thought it was important. the coexist thing, and this is just, again, my opinion. The, yep. the coexist thing, I think, is more along the lines of we do have different religions in this world. I, I don't. I don't think that it, it's going along the lines of believe in anything. I could be wrong. I haven't done research into it, but uh, 
I, I think that uh, we need to be because this is what's happening is if you're from another religion, depending on the religion, depending on uh, if you're a, a uh, radical of a certain religion that it turns to violence if you're not of the religion that that person or group of people is in mm-hmm. and um, I, I honestly think that we have to all respect each other's religions regardless of if you believe that say for example if you believe that Christianity is the only way and a Muslim is saying well we believe you know the the uh the Muslim faith is the only way. Um, there has to be a, a point where you be like, okay, well, you know, I disagree, I disagree. Okay, well, we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, because there are a lot of people that are getting a, a, upset with, and as you just said prior, Christians getting upset with other Christians because of denominations mm-hmm. in the Christian faith. Yeah. I, I think we need to all be t- treating each other with respect and dignity. And just being like, well, you know, let let's just agree to disagree and call it a day. Well, and I completely agree with you on that, and I I fully agree with you on that. The context in which I see coexist, though, I, there's two ways to look at it. It is in the way that you just explained, but then there's the way where it's like, oh, if someone from a specific religion wants you to do something with them, that is based on the religion. For example. Uh, some Buddhist friends of mine invited me to go to the Buddhist church with them, the temple. Uh, and I, w- I said, yeah, I would go. And it never happened. But if I went, there are a number of things I wouldn't have done as a Christian. I would have never sang any praise. I would have never kneeled to pray. I never would have participated in anything that would have been uh, of sacrifice or anything like that to Buddha or for the religion itself. You know, there's a... There's a certain point or a line that you cannot cross. And when I think of coexist in this sense, we're saying, oh, it's good to be a Christian, but you could be a Buddhist on the side when you're with your Buddhist friends, or you could be a Muslim when you're with your Muslim friends, and it's okay to blah, 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 blah. But there's very many different beliefs, and those beliefs are super important because those beliefs are literally the difference between life and death. All right. And uh, I, I very you, should, you shouldn't... Um Sacrifice your own beliefs just to, like you said, go to a Buddhist temple or just be respectful and be like, look, guys, I'm sorry. I appreciate the offer, but I'm going to have to decline because I, I wouldn't be able to praise Buddha and, and all that because that's not what I believe. Um, so I I think that that's, that's something that, uh, has, come along for you as well as we said during the during the interview that uh, you've become much more respectful and understanding uh, yes in in the Bible it, it tells you to spread the word of God and that is what you do but at, at some point you have to be like okay you know if you don't believe that's fine this is still what I believe well there, there, there's a certain point where in the Christian faith when you when you truly understand it uh, and want to spread the gospel. There's a certain point where you know you need to stop, back off, because somewhere down the line you can end up pushing someone way further from Christ than leading them to. Right. Uh, if you're just too, uh, what was the word I'm looking for? Too uh, aggressive. Yeah. That we'll use that if you're too aggressive. So yeah, it's definitely, and that's what some of these people, some of these Christians that I was talking about earlier do. You know, they're just too aggressive. Uh, instead of showing the love of Christ like we're commanded to do. 
and respect everybody, they're saying, "Oh, you're you're a deceiving person. You're you know you're being deceived. You're full of lies. The demons have you. You're going to burn in hell, and uh, just like a witch, your life will be you know." Destroy uh, it, basically, right. uh, according to the Old Testament, and it's like, no, that's not how you lead people to Christ. <laughs> you know, you don't go and tell people you're going to die. I mean, yeah, there's certain. I think there's certain times where you can say that, but usually, if it's like, uh, it's usually something the Holy Spirit will lead you to do. Because at those moments, people are actually like, I heard him. We're going to die if we keep doing this, or you know, whatever. But it doesn't. For the most most people, that doesn't work. You know, you got to be very calm, very uh, take your time, be cautious. You know, don't push too hard, uh, and just pray. Pray, prayer is the biggest thing of all. Um, well, and I think that's why I like the way that Heidi and Scott approach things mm-hmm. because they approach it as you know, Christianity has become a religion. But religion is what is causing so much dissent mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there are so many different types of religion. Yeah. And it, it, when you read the scriptures, Jesus doesn't say anything about religion or having a religion. He talks about having a relationship with him, which is the big difference between certain denominations and, and others. Um, and, yeah, religion, I mean, that, that's literally going to be the, the end all. You know, mm-hmm. in the end, that's what's going to bring bring everything crumbling down. Um, ultimately, but uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that. Let you guys decide and talk about it amongst yourselves. Feel free to email us uh, paratruthradio at gmail dot com. Feel free to message us on uh, on Facebook. Um, the, you know, this past week we've got a couple of people to message us on Facebook. By the way, they just decided to share uh, their their opinion of our show and tell us how much they love the show and that they listen to the old ones and the new ones guys we love when you guys do that thank you so much for for letting us know uh, of your thoughts um you know for those of you who want to send us negative messages feel free to do so it's all right we're, we're open to any and all messages positive or negative so feel free uh but for the time being until next week i hope you all have a wonderful weekend do you have anything else to say Oh, um, just uh, next week uh, we will be talking about Slender Man and Cthulhu, and uh, we're actually bringing on <laughs> we're actually bringing on Scott and Heidi from Talk Supernatural to talk with us about it, uh, because they have done a lot of. No. All right, John Cena. They have done a lot of research into the Slender Man, uh, especially a specific case that happened in Wisconsin. Uh, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, until next week, guys, um, where you will find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Parachute Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, paratruthradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day.
In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 Kat. Oh, come on. It wasn't come that on. bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.